Welcome to In Process, the NC Dance Festival podcast. I'm Ann Morris, Festival Director. Each week on this podcast, we dive deep into the risk-taking and dance-making that characterize the modern and contemporary dance community in North Carolina. We have artist interviews, behind-the-scenes insights into the 2020 NC Dance Festival season, and fun and important conversations about dance and the creative life. Whether you're a dancer yourself or just curious about the who, how, and especially the why of dance, we're glad to have you along for this journey. This week, we're sharing an excerpt of our recent community conversation titled Connecting Community Through Dance. This virtual conversation, sponsored by the University of North Carolina at Charlotte Dance Program, featured dance artists Tamara Williams and Alexandra Joy Warren speaking on how their work through dance builds community, works towards social justice, and gives access and voice to those historically left out. Warren is originally from Washington, D.C., and lived and danced in New York before moving to Greensboro in 2013, where she is the founder artistic director of Joy Movement Dance Company and an assistant professor at Elon University. Tamara Williams is an assistant professor of dance at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and the founder director of Moving Spirits, Inc., a contemporary arts organization dedicated to performing, researching, documenting, cultivating, and producing arts of the African diaspora. She has trained extensively in Brazil, and her work has been performed nationally and internationally in Serbia, Switzerland, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, Mexico, and Brazil. It was a pleasure to facilitate this artist talk and Q&A, and we're pleased to share it with you here. I'm Anne Morris. Festival Director for the North Carolina Dance Festival, and I am really happy to welcome you to this community conversation with Tamara Williams and Alexandra Joy Warren. Uh, This is one of our 30th anniversary season events, and I'm excited to get to share it with you. I'd like to thank the UNC Charlotte Dance Program for sponsoring this conversation. Um, Anne, would you like to say a few words, or should we? Sure, I will say our, our, um, our little intro. On behalf of UNC Charlotte Department of Dance, I'd like to welcome you to this NC Dance Festival Community Conversation with Tamara Williams and Alexander Joy Warren. The Department of Dance provides exemplary dance training and academic preparation in a diverse and inclusive community. We highly value students who have diverse backgrounds and interests and what they bring to our program. Our advisors and faculty work carefully with students to create plans of study that suit individual needs. Located in Charlotte, a large arts-minded city, our students have access to internships, major arts institutions like Charlotte Ballet and Blumenthal Performing Arts, and to professional and local touring artists. Work with local and international communities is important to our curriculum. Recent alums dance with Aerial Dance Chicago, New York's Neville Dance Theater, and with commercial artists like Cardi B. Serve as dance educators or movement therapists or work as arts organizers and marketers. So welcome everybody and thank you, Anne, for letting me introduce UNC Charlotte Dance. Yes, of course. Thank you for helping this program happen. Um, This program will have two parts. We'll start first with a casual artist talk uh, with Tamara and Alexandra to learn more about their experiences connecting community through dance. Um, As we do that, feel free to post questions in the chat as they come up and we'll address them in a Q&A session after the artist talk. 
Then we'll take some of the issues and questions that might be coming up and we'll explore those collectively using a tool called Google Jamboard. Um, I emailed a link out to the Jamboard that we'll be using. Um, if you didn't get that in your email, I will put it in the chat once we're ready for that. Um, this is an interactive tool through which we can explore questions together by posting text or image uh, responses. So let's get started with some introductions and then I'll kick us off with our first question. Alexandra Joy Warren is originally from Washington DC and lived and danced in New York before moving to Greensboro in 2013. She's the founder artistic director of Joy Movement Dance Company whose mission is to tell stories of the African diaspora that inspire audience members and participants to re-examine embedded societal ideas. She's also an assistant professor of performing arts at Elon University. Welcome, Alex, glad to have you here today. Tamara Williams is an assistant professor of dance at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte and the founder and director of Moving Spirits Incorporated, a contemporary arts organization dedicated to performing, researching, documenting, cultivating, and producing arts of the African diaspora. She has trained extensively in Brazil, and her work has been performed nationally and internationally in Serbia, Switzerland, Trinidad and, Trinidad and Tobago, Jamaica, Mexico, and Brazil. So to start us off, I'd love for um, both of you to tell us, tell us about how dance first came into your life, and then how or when you knew it would be a defining force in your life. Tamara, would you like to start us off? Sure, it's a great question. Um, first, thank you for having, for having me today for this discussion. Um, and I will say dance first came into my life very, very young um, as a social practice at home. So my mother and father used to always have um, these dance nights, they were literally dance parties that they would invite people from the community to come and celebrate. They had like these lights. It was a huge production, it was a huge event. They would have these lights that would gleam from the ceiling and they had these huge stereos and they would have like dance contests. And even like if people had children, their children would come and we were all dance um, until it was bedtime. And then of course the adults continued with their fest festivities. But um, that is really the place of, of really knowing and understanding and falling in love with dance um, for me. And as a young girl, my sister started taking ballet lessons, I think when she was maybe five. So I was around three. And I wanted to always go with her because she always had this little pink bag and her little pink slippers. And um, my mother said I was too young. But my sister would come home every day and teach me the positions and different movement that she learned in her ballet class. And I will never forget that. Um, and so I grew up dancing. I went to a fine arts uh, magnet school and I danced and I sung and I played the piano there. Um, and I actually was admitted into the school for creative writing. That was, um, we had to audition and that was what got me in. But I was a, junior in high school. And I remember telling my parents, I said, I want to go to school, to university, to dance. And I will only go to these three, New York, <laughs> New York University, Ohio State, or Florida University, or Florida, Florida State. And my mother said, well, New York is too far. And so is Ohio. So Florida is your only <laughs> bet. And so I only 
applied to one school and that was Florida State. And that was the rest of the story. I got in, my dance teacher in Augusta, Georgia actually took me to my, my audition in Tallahassee. And from there on, my dance career and journey took off. I love that story. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Alexandra. Um, uh, let's see. Well, when I was young, um, I was an energetic child. I had way too much energy and used to get in trouble at school all the time. Um, every week I would get a progress report that said I was doing great in all my academics, but in behavior, it was bad news. <laughs> and I think my parents kind of started thinking about what can we do with this child um, to kind of rein her in or harness that energy or whatever. Um, and my mom uh, allowed me to go to a dance school. It was a D DC Youth Ensemble um, run by Carol Foster. Um, and I went for one year and that was the first time I had um, I had lots of modern and got inspired in so many different ways. Um, um, the students there were so talented. It was at Duke Ellington, um, the, the School of Arts on the weekend when it wasn't school time. And that really inspired me um, to jump into dance that started to fall in love. But um, similar um, to Tamara's sharing about getting into performing arts school, I started out as a violinist um, and I got into performing arts middle as a violinist and switched my major in the eighth grade to dance. Um, and from there, I went to performing arts high school um, and, and majored in dance. So um, I was still very, I always loved dance, but I was not, I didn't, I didn't want to like surrender to that being a career. Um, I was, I guess, you know, afraid <laughs> of my parents' warnings about, you, you know, you go to school and major in something that you can have a career in. They were very concerned about me, you know, being able to support myself. Um, and I kind of wrestled with that. So I had a uh, almost like three majors in <laughs> undergrad because I was trying to figure it out. And then finally, um, my senior year, it became clear that I didn't want to study medicine anymore, um, which is what I was um, focusing on. And I really wanted to pursue dance. So my friends encouraged me to apply to UNCG for dance. And I was like, I don't want to live in North Carolina at all. <laughs> I don't want to visit, um, you know, and they were like, no, it's a great place. You'll love it. So um, it was my best audition experience with all the grad schools I applied to. And um, it was just so wonderful to, to be at UNCG. And I was like, I think I'm going to like it here. So I got in and, um, and that's, I think when I realized, okay, this is, this is going to be my career. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just really grateful to have had all the support and um, encouragement along the way to kind of keep pushing toward that. So Alexandra and Tamara, I don't know if you have questions at this point for each other, um, but I know we've talked a little bit about um, 
you know, having, having a conversation about the ways that you are both using dance, some of those overlaps, um, and, and some of the differences in the ways that you use dance, particularly um, to create community. I can go, and I actually was, I was um, juggling my brain to remember when was the first time I actually met Alex, and I remembered, <laughs> full circle, Crystal Brown has In Spirit Dance Company, and I think she was just starting it off in New York City, and Alex was part of the company, and I was going to rehearsals, and I wasn't part of the company, but before I went to Urban Bush Woman, we were, like, just rehearsing, and and all of those things. And I, that's the place that I, I, I know Alex from. And so um, Crystal Brown was actually just at uh, UNC Charlotte and really talking about community. Yeah. And so, um, and who we are as individuals and community and um, how we can be respectful of each other in our place in community. So I think full circle, this is a full circle moment, but um, for me, I will say that a lot of my work um, is really rooted in some of the foundational skills I got from urban bushwomen when I work with them in New York City. So we did a lot of outreach work there. And so I'm, I'm gonna share my screen really quickly um, to just share some of the things that I decided to carry on with my dance company. So Moving Spirits, we realized that a lot of the communities, especially in Bushwick and Bed-Stuy at the time where I was living there and working in both of those communities, there was a lack of a presence of concert dance. Yeah? There was already a dance presence in the community from what the local folks were doing through their social practices or maybe through hip hop and those kinds of things, even parties and, and classes for children, but no one really understood or knew what concert dance was. So I created this platform called um, Dancing in the Parks. And basically we invited, these are some of the dancers from Moving Spirits. We invited several dance companies out to the projects. Yeah, the local um, project housing there in Bushwick to have a full-on concert, but also incorporating some of the, the local artists um, from like different community programming. So the children from community, we had a marching band to come out. We had um, some of the dance girls from the marching band and some of the schools that had uh, after-school programming, including dance to all share the stage that we built there in the community. And we also had a platform for people to talk about. Uh, we brought in some artists to talk about um, uh, legal affairs that many people in the community maybe needed assistance with. We had, and so there were people that were artists that were connected to that, but also people from um, local offices there. We also brought in people to talk about um, immigration for the community. And so it was really an event to offer uh, dance as a platform to bring communities together to talk about um, issues that may be um, troubling the community. And so we also, that was in 2014. And in 2015, there was, in the same way that it's happening right now, there was this um, very great uprising of, of people in talking about black lives, 
Yeah. And so we collaborated with the Smack Mallon Gallery, which is a gallery in Dumbo, to have an event dedicated to Mike Brown, Eric Gardner, who was in Staten Island, Akai Gurley, who was murdered in a staircase in Brownsville, New York, by a police officer by accident, Tamir Rice, Ayanna Jones, and a lot of Black lives that had been lost to police and, and law enforcement violence. So we collaborated again with local artists, mostly those that are into concert dance and visual artists to present these different works in this platform. And then we also invited students out to talk about how they felt about all of these um, violent crimes happening mainly in their communities. We had um, some people as poets to come out and talk about their experiences with policing in the community. And so um, these kinds of events were things that I, I was creating while living in New York City. And when coming down into Charlotte, I wanted to continue the work with community. And um, I will say though, with dealing with things such as police violence and um, thinking about black lives being murdered in that kind of way can be really heavy work. And the research and, and the, the discussions around them and all of those things can be, it can take a toll. So my work here in Charlotte has, um, for the time being, has been about um, connecting to the roots of Ring Shout and uh, these spiritual practices that were brought to the United States during the transatlantic slave trade and the silencing of some of those narratives. So we've been giving um, free community classes um, at the Tuckasegee, before we were at the Tuckasegee Recreational Center, um, inviting the young people and some of the elders in the neighborhood to have dance classes in which we talked about ring shout and they learned ring shout practices and the history of all of those things. And then they would have performances for the community. Um, we are continuing that online. And one of the things that our company is really um, invested in is, is access. So we're trying to figure out more ways that we can provide access to people, but also uh, most of our programming is, is free because we do want people to have access to the, to the different works that we're doing. Um, so I think I'll pass it on to, to Alex from there. I'm so glad that you mentioned that connection because that is really, um, for me, where you know, sort of jumping off point of my thoughts um, and exploration on how community, um, you know, plays into my work, um, I'm thinking about it as sort of uh, the roots of sort of the, my practice, my movement practice, and it kind of uh, infuses in everything that I do. Um, I remember the moment that I first learned about urban bush women. I was in my class in undergrad, some amazing class that my advisor, Dr. Goler <laughs> was teaching and she was showing us um, one of Jaole's works. I think it was Womb Wars. And I was just like stunned at the way that she was telling stories about something that was meaningful in a very artistic way that I was really drawn to. And it was just like, I have to find a way to like work with these folks one day. <laughs> and so I was fortunate on my sort of, um, after graduating from UNCG, I was able to 
do what they now call the Summer Leadership Institute, um, had a sort of different name then, but um, as a 10 day intensive um, where I first got connected with Crystal. I was in her group, her small group. She was my group leader. Um, and seeing the way that they talked about community and valued communities, we were speaking, um, the theme was specifically about place and place mattering. Um, and that, just seeing how that, these ideas were kind of created um, artistically, not just activism, but how did it come into the work um, was a real sort of like, um, had a huge impact on me. And then also working with Crystal, um, everything that she does. Um, I've also done a little bit of um, like an intensive with Liz Lerman's company, Dance Exchange. And so having all those sort of influences on community um, also um, they remind me of my work as a teaching artist. Um, I was a teaching artist in New York for pretty much all the time I was there and working in different ways, not only just in dance. My goal was always to build community with whatever. So I taught many things that I really don't know about, but it was more about the, you know, the bringing together of these students. Um, so I taught like a fashion design class, which I just had total fun with. It was a group of students from, all of them were um, of Asian descent. Um, and, you know, and some of them were still learning English and it was just really fun. Um, but kind of seeing how these ideas about community, building community um, as a teaching practice, as an artistic practice um, could show up all the time is sort of how it folded into my company work. And coming out of New York and working with Crystal and other choreographers, some of which I saw in your slideshow there, um, you know, coming to Greensboro, um, that was for me, my sort of working out all these things um, about that I could not understand. I could not understand why, why it was difficult for people to honor Black lives. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around a lot of the things that people seem to be struggling with that seems to be obvious for me. Um, and so it was through the choreography that sort of that all that unfolded, the company started and I just needed a place to kind of work it out because I couldn't, I had too much in my heart and I was too emotional. I had just had my first child and I was just having all these experiences where I'm like wearing her in the store and people are trying to touch her and I'm like, don't touch my baby, you know, and all this stuff and just feeling very, um, you know, just, just feeling very overwhelmed. Um, and for some of you who may know some of my work, um, another piece um, that I collaborate with my husband on um, was really like me. I just stole his uh, <laughs> whole experience, but he said yes. Um, but he shared, you know, about his experiences with the police. And I, we had been married for many years and I didn't know any of it until he finally kind of just shared it all out. And that became a, a solo um, that I did get to present with um, the festival. Um, you know, just so it, it just work after work, it was the place where I was, I felt free enough to be able to just kind of work these things out for myself, you know, so to get to a piece um, and maybe not, you know, anything final, but just, just through that.
So I, and it also spills out into all the work that we do again with the company. Um, we have a, a program called Uplift Girls um, where we talk a lot about, you know, building community through that. And it's evolved. It used to be sort of dance focused and now it's a whole bunch of other things, but it's, um, it's our way of being able to kind of work with, you know, schools or um, students. We work with the city many different ways. Um, but every time we approach work, every time I approach even teaching, um, I kind of hold on to these ideas from a teaching artist work, from Urban Bushman, from Crystal, from Liz Lerman, um, that kind of pull um, people together. Because I think uh, that's one thing that dance can do is bring people from many different places and perspectives together in a way that begins a conversation. Um, it may not be the end of it, it may not be the whole of it, but at least it's a start, it's an entry point. And that's been one of the most satisfying things is presenting work um, and even building community through that. Because my, my work, I always want to ask questions and leave with people with inquiry and not necessarily answers. And it's so wonderful when I can show work and people want to talk about it afterward and share, you know, I, I thought about that differently after seeing that and I never realized this or, you know, whatever. It's like, that's all, the whole of why I, I, I love what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, I think um, building community um, sort of inside of groups and outside and kind of bringing together is just sort of uh, always the way that I approach my art making. Alex, I have a question. Um, how do you start your process when you're doing something in community or for community? Is there a certain way that you always start or some kind of practice that you begin with? Yeah, um, the first thing that I thought about is listening. Um, so, I will give an example about like up with girls and how that started. So um, there was going to be a, a town hall here in Greensboro, um, a black girl town hall where uh, they had invited um, members of the community, female identifying members of the community to share their stories about what it is to grow up as a black girl or what, what it has been like. And this was several years ago and um, and I came and, and listened and just heard what was happening. The girls were sharing about how they felt shut out of schools and how there weren't, weren't programs for them and, and different things. And, and so I just kind of listened and heard them. And that's sort of how it evolved out of just a dance focused thing, because I was hearing that there's girls who maybe they don't they don't, they're not interested in the arts. Maybe they're not interested in dance. Maybe they don't know what they're interested in yet. And that helped me to say, okay, let's expand this out and maybe think about other things. So now we focus on more components. So movement is always there, but maybe also takes form as a yoga class. Or maybe, um, you know, we, we also talk about like self-care and that could be learning how to make your own whipped shea butter or whatever, you know, it's fun. Um, we talk about like our connection to the, the world and how we're global, globally focused, how we might come from different places and 
sharing those experiences and, and thinking about traveling and what we can see or what we bring to our, you know, our space or what our roots bring to the space. And then um, we also think about entrepreneurship, which is a, a big thing. So we try to um, highlight women um, who are entrepreneurs, even young people who are and kind of um, bring them into that. So um, <laughs> that was a long answer. <laughs> but the question, um, to answer your question, I think whenever I go into spaces, I try to first listen because people always have their own, I always value what people are bringing into the space. I think that, um, you know, whenever you're going into a, a community that already exists or you're trying to make a community, I think hearing what people are already doing, what they're already good at, what they, what are, what they care about, <laughs> kind of set, stepping aside and listening um, is always a, a good way to start. And the same with my artistic work. Um, a lot of times we kind of just, I give ideas out and we talk or we talk through moving improv improvisation. So really trying to listen, I feel like is always a first step for me um, in that. Tamara, what, what is your first step? Very similar. Um, listening and really trying to create and build relationships with the people and community that um, we may be engaging with. So usually that process takes quite some time. It takes a while. And so it, it entails um, doing what I call research, going out and speaking with the elders of the community, because a lot of times they are forgotten. And it's really important to know the history of the community in which we're working with. So I really do try to make an effort in finding some of the elders or people that have been around for quite some time in those communities to see what the history is, what the needs are, what are things that have been working well. And then so that plays back into what Alex is saying about the listening and really being receptive to all of those things and things that they maybe don't want or are not interested in. And then also, bringing in new, bringing in new as well, right? Like, so with the project we did in, in New York, concert dance, many of the people were like, we're not interested in this, we don't care, you know? But it was that, that thing because they never experienced it before, right? So it's really um, having these dialogues and, and understanding where people are and what, what we're trying to accomplish through community. And another thing that is really important to me is when I'm going in specifically to work with, let's say, one community of people, whatever we're doing, it's really important to um, have resources there so that it can continue if that is what the community wants. So that when we leave from, I don't, let's say, providing dance classes or, for instance, in Takasiji, we're giving these ring shout workshops that it doesn't just disappear and then that information just goes away. It's really important to try to build these relationships so that that information is ingrained so that it can continue to be shared. Um, so that's really what my process and first steps looks like as well. After the break, we'll hear more of our conversation with Alexandra Joy Warren and Tamara Williams, and we'll move into a Q&A session with the participants. 
NC Dance Festival holds a monthly chat for dancers across North Carolina via Zoom on second Saturdays of the month from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. This casual conversation is a way to check in with colleagues, get to know other dancers in the statewide community, and lay the groundwork for future collaborations and relationship building. We hope you'll join us for the next one on May 8th from 12.30 to 1.30 p.m. Dance artists at any stage of their career are welcome to join us. We'll put the link to register for the Zoom call in the show notes, or you can find it at danceproject.org. On May 22nd, Dance Project is holding our Move Together Mini Marathon, a virtual version of our annual 12-hour dance marathon fundraiser. This family-friendly evening includes interactive dance classes, performances, and moving stories of the ways dance can transform our hearts, minds, and bodies. You can dance along to our live classes, learn our community dance, show off your skills in our talent show, enter our prize bundle drawing for a chance to win exciting goodies from local businesses, or just sit back and enjoy the show. The event is free, but donations are encouraged to help us reach our goal of $12,000 to support the ongoing work of Dance Project School, making high-quality dance accessible to as many people as possible through our community outreach programs, workshops, scholarships, and our affordable dance classes currently offered both online and in-person for ages 18 months to adult. To learn more about the Move Together Mini Marathon or make a donation, visit danceproject.org slash move together. And now back to the show. Yeah, when you were talking about um, Bushwick, it, that reminds me of, and this is not a success story, but it's a, if I could go back, I would do it differently. Um, I used to, one of my first teaching artist um, uh, jobs was uh, working with elders, teaching them West African, and they were the best. I, I loved working with them, but they were also... Um, they had their own mind and they had their own plans, right? So I would come and I and I would ride my bike there because it was pretty close by, and I would show up and they and they'd be like, "Girl, we're going to protest today. We'll see you later." It's like, okay, you know. And then sometimes I come and they'd be like, "Girl, we're having a fish fry today. We're not dancing today. We're just hanging out." <laughs> so. You know, if I could go back, I would be less concerned about like what my plan was, um, you know, that I have been sort of sent to do or fill this grant requirement. But I would have probably embraced more like, hey, can I come with you to, on the protest or can I, you know, stick around for the fish fry? Can we talk? Um, and so that's something I would, you know, going back, thinking about that, you know, I think that's. If I were to have that again, I would totally approach that differently. And um, I think that's a, it, it reminds me of, you know, just kind of learning as I go. And sometimes we don't always get it right, but, um, you know, it, it's really important to hear what people are saying and meet them where they're at. And that's sometimes how the work actually begins. Alex, you sort of alluded to this, but I'm curious, maybe Tamara, if you have, uh, stories about this or Alex, if you have other things um, related to challenges that you faced in this work, um, what are some of the barriers that you found or, or, I mean, I don't know if barrier or challenge is sort of the right word, but um, what have been the hard parts about working in community or for community with dance? Yeah, I think as in any and all things that we set forth to do in life, not just dance, there are challenges that come, right? Um, 
we, so an example, we have um, something called Dancing for Justice, which we started back in 2014. Myself and Brittany Williams, who is an amazing dance artist who's based in Miami slash New York. And um, it was a huge um, endeavor and still is to use the body as a form of protest. And we would go out into the streets and we would dance and lay on the ground and do all of these things um, with our bodies as these, as, as a form of movement, but movement for the people and all of these things. And it's, I will say it's a challenge because you have like the police there and they're like, no, you know, even though we're doing it in a safe way and we're outside and we're on the sidewalk, we're not blocking the street. Um, they were like, no. And so it became violent at some point, you know, at some points. And, and you know, uh, we had different groups of, of, of people dancing for justice in Tallahassee and, and, and Chicago and Detroit and all of these different places. And I guess this just goes out to say in community, depending on what it is that you really want to accomplish, on, on what kind of scale, it can be challenging depending on the systems or the, or the space or the place, like Urban Bush Woman calls it, and what you're trying to maybe get out of it. So our outcome and what we desired was very different from what the police were there wanted or many people in the community. So, so especially when you're doing community work that is really tied into social justice work, it can really be a bit tricky you know, maybe tricky is not the right word. It can be a challenge. Yeah. And so I always go into when doing social justice work and with this mindset that challenges will come. And if they don't, then I'm just like totally um, one in shock. But also I'm really, really grateful and thankful for that. But when doing this kind of work that is connected to community and, and human rights and all of those things and everyone is not on the same page, it can be, it can be a challenge. And even with just doing um, things around in, in certain communities, you know, there might be challenges with, you know, respect of space, again, going back to this idea of place or respect of um, different ways of sharing dance in, in community. So, I will just say maybe the biggest challenge is probably um, lack of understanding sometimes for, for the, the cause or outcome and those kinds of things. But that goes back to this place of listening and ideas. Sometimes the other side also doesn't listen, you know? So I will say that's probably the biggest one for me. Yeah, I think, Going along with that, um, what comes up for me is, um, oh, so many things, but <laughs> well, one, I think, you know, trying to work in this way, hmm, I think that one of the challenges is um, people aren't expecting it. So there's many ways to present work, right? And one of the main ways that I mostly work is through concert dance and producing work um, that's centered around these ideas. And, um, you know, sometimes it's received and sometimes it is not, you know, and it really depends on what the audience is. I think also when you're applying for festivals and things like that, 
um, you know, there may be someone on the committee or panel who just does not, they don't know what that gesture means, right? And so it's very clear to me and folks in my community and things like that, like a, a physical gesture inside of your, like maybe choreography or that you've included in your work sample. They may not understand at all how that's connected to your message. And it may not have anything to do with how well you, you know, presented your idea. It just may be a cultural uh, uh, misunderstanding or maybe lack of knowledge um, on, on, you know, my experience. And so I may not get to show my work at that particular festival because somebody didn't understand that. Um, I think also community work can be very process focused and it's hard to kind of find a way to work in this way where everything is sort of valued in a certain hierarchical way um, or presented in a certain way. And so trying to merge valuing that process, valuing those experiences, it's not always well-documented, right? And we try to do that, right? We try to bring in the photographer, do this, whatever it is that we have to do for this, you know, funding or what have you, but it's, that's not always where the, the thing is. And I think maybe, I think a challenge is trying to find ways to authentically represent the power of those experiences when that box isn't quite, you know, where you don't quite fit into that. So, yeah, I think on those two ends, finding a way to, to, to value um, or to ex explore or share the value of that work, but also, um, you know, as we're as as we're changing and growing, having people who maybe don't all look the same or come from the same background on committees who make decisions on where work is shared, because I think that the more people who see work that's not quite the same as what they're used to perhaps more convert, my hope is more conversations can be open and more people can um, explore that. And I, I, one of some of my most, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, exciting times are when I've shared work in a different city and someone has said something astounding to me that I was like, I, I would never think about it that way or the, or they reveal, you know, I can't believe you're, you have a, I mean, this sounds kind of wild to me, but it's like, I can't believe you have, you know, not just black people in your company, right? Um, I can't believe, you know, other people are invested in what your idea is. And it's like, well, thanks for sharing. You know, it's, it's like wild, but it's, it's so good. It's like, I wanna hear your authentic, you know, experiences. And I wanna know what people are seeing. It's, I, you know, I can only know from my perspective, but sharing that. So I think being able to share um, work in a, on a, you know, in different communities and seeing how they respond, which is always different every time, um, has has been um, a challenge. Um, being able to do that on the same scale, if that makes sense. Thank you both for sharing that. Uh, we, we'd like to move now into a little bit of a Q&A time. If there are questions that you have for either or both, um, Tamara and Alexandra, uh, feel free to either type it in the chat or um, 
raise your hand and, and we'll call on you. Well, my question is for Tamara. I was really curious about your talking about um, the program you were part of Dancing for Justice. I have a friend in Atlanta where I live is, um, who is starting a project called Listening for Justice. Um, she's an educator and she's starting this whole series of things. And I just think she would be interested. So I can I share that with her and uh, is one question. And the other part is, is this part, is this still going on? And is it, um, can you tell me a little more about it? Yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Please share. Um, and uh, yes, it's still going on. We took a little break because honestly, myself and Brittany and a lot of the people in all of these different cities that have been kind of um, the leaders, I would say, in, in organizing these different movement protests and dance protests for justice, we actually just got like extremely exhausted. It's exhausting work. Yeah. And so we decided that we were going to take a break for some time. And then recent things have continued to develop this week even. And so the conversation came back this week. You know, last year we just we decided there's a lot happening. Let's continue on our break. But um We've all been ex in exchange this week and saying that we need to continue um, doing this work and, and, and really being an outlet to those who feel like they want to use their body in, in bringing awareness to the injustices that are happening. So we have different leaders in different cities. So um, myself and Brittany are basically the leaders in New York City. We have uh, leaders in Chicago, in Detroit, in uh, Tallahassee, and Philadelphia. We actually need someone in Atlanta. Um, and so I'm, I was actually speaking with a friend of mine down there who's, who's uh, interested in leading a protest group there. So um, we have, I, I will put my email maybe in the chat. And then we can, I can definitely share more information about how to get in touch with getting um, with the organizers in Atlanta or whatever city um, to continue the work. So when we do these dances for justice or dancing for justice, um, the last time we did it in New York, at least I will say, um, we went outdoors and we were moving our bodies and, and different people come and it's really free for you to bring and, and use your body however you need. So some people were part of the same company. So they did some choreography that was really tied to the theme. Others um, chanted and, and those kinds of things, uh, you know, against police brutality. And then others were just there as, as bodies in space. But what happened last time was that this huge protest just started to happen and like tens of thousands of people started marching in the street. I don't think it was because of what we were doing, but it was a tie to this energy that was in the space in the city at that time. And so we joined this huge protest and marching that lasted hours. Um, and the same thing actually happened in Philadelphia. Um, and so we have these moments of dance protests, but then we also do other things in the community um, with trying to rally people to sign petitions and all of those kinds of things. 
um, that are helping and Atlanta is in Georgia. And so I would definitely like to get some, <laughs> I'm from Georgia. So I know the, the whole situation of, of life and, and politics that are happening there right now. So it would be really great to, to have some more support in this, this really um, important work that we're doing. So I'll definitely drop my, my email for you. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, Jessica, go ahead. Um, I was wondering if, if you could maybe speak to how you uh, approach creating space for people to really share their authentic reactions to your work or acting as a facilitator so that, that audience members can feel comfortable sharing, sharing what they experienced. Um, I can share about that. So sometimes, you know, depending on the, the venue, I get to have a talk back and that is a really, it's always been a wonderful space um, for people to ask more questions or share their thoughts. Um, but I also try to always have a place where people can write those in. I really value um, whenever people share their, their ideas or comments. Um, you know, in these days and times, it's hard to have um, a dance critic or someone to come and, and share. So that's my, I value that more, <laughs> honestly, hearing directly from audience members. Um, and also, I, I mean, if anyone ever, you know, sees my work, whether it's online or share, I love getting, you know, emails or anything about, you know, I love hearing about how it impacts people and, and what, um, you know, what people are coming away with, hopefully with something. Um, so those are some of the ways um, and that I invite. And, and, and like I said, people have said wild things to me. <laughs> and it's okay because, I mean, that's the point, right? Um, you know, of course, you know, try to be respectful. But, you know, I think it, even in their um, uncertainty um, on what they saw or what they processed, um, that's valuable too. Um, I really, I really, I really want to know like what is what is coming up for you. I know sometimes people feel stuck about saying, um, you know, what they what it was supposed to be, right? But I, I'm always more interested in how did it make you feel, or what did you start to think about um, when you saw it. So those are some ways that I, um, I hope that answers your question um, that I, I'd like to to do. I'll piggyback off of that and same here, artists talk um, in recent years for Moving Spirits or at least the company that's based in New York, um, we've done Facebook event pages. And so after the performance, we've asked people to send messages to the event page or write a note or send some something if, if, they, if they wish about the work that they've experienced or questions and things of that nature. So that has been a great way recently that we've discovered to continue the dialogue about the work, the different works that we're sharing. Um, and so that's one way that we've, we've really found to be successful with, with media. We have a question in the chat here. Um, Norberto says, uh, with arts being taken out of the public school system, only families or people with high economic resources are able to be involved in dance and music, cutting off a lot of low-income communities from these artistic expressions. 
what programs do we have around in North Carolina who are helping by reaching those communities? You know, I will be honest and say, I don't know North Carolina that well, but I do know here in Charlotte, there's um, our bridge for kids and they have programming, especially for immigrant families and um, lower income families. And um, there's also uh, time, time Out Youth that provides uh, programming um, for all youth, but they also have special programming for LGBT communities of youth and really thinking of their protection since even now there's a lot of um, violence against those communities here. So there's a lot, I will say here in Charlotte, there are some um, programs and there's a few more that I know of um, that are based out of like churches and things like that, that offer programming for youth. Um, but I, I totally understand what you're saying, Roberto, because a lot of the, the in-school um, programming, the funding is gone, they don't see the need for it. And then in the after school, the after school has now turned into, let's prep for tests. Yeah, and the arts is not a part of that. Um, and I don't think that's just in North Carolina, I think that's everywhere. Um, and the arts don't seem to be a huge part of that um, discussion. But I think um, it would be great to have maybe a board of folks or a community of people creating another community to really advocate for arts in the schools as it needs to be there. Yeah, I, I would say that was a sort of shock for me coming from New York and being a teaching artist, working in so many different schools, um, you know, that was, and there were so many organizations that were offering similar things. I mean, sometimes, you know, there'd be like a team of all these different artists and teachers showing up from different organizations all to do something artistic with the students either during the day or after school. So that was just a big part. And I've, I've realized that it doesn't quite work that way here in, in North Carolina, which is kind of disappointing. Um, it's sort of like if the school doesn't already have a full-time person um, there, then they, and they may not have that. Um, I, I definitely think, you know, that's a place of advocacy, like, um, like Tamara said. And I think also, um, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing is working with, we're particularly working with one school right now because that principal was able to secure funding because he values, you know, what we do. Um, you know, we're working with a group um, of third and third through fifth graders right now. Um, but I think um, Dance Project does a lot as well. Um, and I'd love for Anna to share um, about all the ways that Dance Project is, is doing that. I wish there was a, a wider scale to, to talk about, but it's sort of kind of like, find it where you can. Um, I do think there are people who are, you know, really invested in, in making that happen. But Anne, did you want to share about what Dance Project does? Yeah, thank you. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's sort of a piecemeal kind of a project, which is, um, <laughs> it's just the way it is at the moment. You know, we do a lot of work um, with, with Guilford County Schools um, and, and other schools um, in the state. We have done a number of residencies, um, either in like during school hours or after school. We've partnered in the past with a 
organization called Communities in Schools that runs after school programs, sort of like clubs in different um, different interest areas, dance being one of them. So we've partnered uh, with them to provide some after school arts. Um, Recently, we've been doing some virtual dance residencies with an elementary school that doesn't have um, doesn't have a full time dance educator. And, you know, we've we do free classes in the nearby park that's right outside our our um, building. So we try to do as much as we can to provide access uh, to students who don't have um, have access either at their school or that the. the financial situation to be able to enroll in classes, but it is, it's tricky. Um, I was thinking about what I'm aware of in other parts of the state as well. I know that um, in the Triangle area, there's also National Dance Institute. They, they have um, some programming in the public schools there, and that's a, that's a national dance curriculum that, um, you know, very, very structured way of introducing kids to dance. Um, but it, but it gets large numbers of students together and moving. It's, it's a really interesting curriculum. And then I know that the North Carolina Arts Council um, coordinates with, with arts educators. Um, they have a, a roster of teaching artists that do go into schools. So there are a number of ways that that's happening, but it's, it can be hard to know exactly what those resources are? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I posted a link in the chat. I recently did a program with the um, Arts Live, the Cultural Arts Live, and they have a lot of different programming, but one of their focuses is on the arts. And they connect educators in public schools here in North Carolina with people who have specialties in the arts so that it can become a part of their curriculum. So there's another um, there's another resource to possibly reach out to, but then again, if the funding isn't there, mm -hmm. you know, so that that goes back to also talking and reaching out to legislators about those things. Yeah, Courtney, go ahead. Thank you both so much. Thanks to all of us. Um, thanks to everyone for organizing. I was really curious to hear in both of your examples how sort of things beyond dance were also playing a role. So um, the legal, I, I guess I understood it as legal professionals coming to support people understanding a barrier that they were facing, um, a housing barrier. I'm not sure if that was right or young people saying, um, we want to do something else that isn't dancing. And so in those situations, sort of what is dance still doing um, and how can it work together with other fields and professions and skills in a kind of collaborative way? Does that make sense as a question? Cool, thanks. Well, I always think about dance, I, thought, I think about moving my body as a way to tap into things that I cannot speak about um that is not speak verbal communication it's not my number one thing writing is pretty okay but there's something about that moving in the body that um really connects it brings out things that maybe aren't are hard to talk about 
or it makes me allow myself to tap into those feelings. And so I always think that no matter what form it takes, whether it's like a ballet class or contemporary class or a ring shout or however, you know, you're thinking about it. I do think that there is a way that people, people should move if they can in any way that they can. And I, I, I would love for that to be more incorporated in any kind of collaboration. So I'm thinking about like, you know, uh, like a corporate place and giving opportunity to say, hey, here's a way to move. You don't have to have any training. You don't have to know, you know, we can just lead through. I think always looking for opportunities for moving. I think that, I think that that is always, there's always a place for that. And I, and I want us to embrace that to be more in our bodies. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a certain type of body, you know, just finding ways to be in our bodies and allowing our bodies, allowing that movement to, to bring up and, and influence that, you know, I mean, how wonderful would it be if I were a lawyer or a doctor or whatever, and I had a moving break and then I was able to come back and start to write ideas that, that came up for me. I know for me, whenever I go to rehearsal or am I, or, whatever and however I'm moving it always brings things up it, it leads to more questions and I think that that's it can always be a place for that no matter what it is we don't have to stop moving in order to kind of figure out this thing I think that they can work together I feel like that's a really ethereal way of answering questions <laughs> I don't know Tamara has a more specific grounded way but that's what comes up and when I think about that I think my I think my answer might be even more <laughs> theoretical, but I will say, you know, even if the body isn't moving, right, and communicating in this way or discovering um, in these different places, there's one thing that always happens. I, I I give a class, for instance. I used to be a teaching artist for many many years as well, and never failed because of just cultural cultural suggestions and histories. A lot of times the young black boys that would come to class, they would say, I'm not gonna dance, right? I'm not gonna dance, I'm not gonna dance. And, and so, but we're still in a place of dance, but it's really important for me um, to, to let those in the space know that seeing and witnessing dance is just as important as actually um, being embodied in movement. And there's this kinesthetic empathy that does occur and then a lot of times from this place of, of um, this empathy, then the body may want to move, but it's also being in relation to what is being danced, right? But when thinking of, for instance, when I talked about uh, dancing for justice and you know having to stop dancing because of the police being there, or trying to move the narrative so that now we're speaking and we're not dancing, the body, um, the body is the source of movement, right? And so I think just entering, for me, just knowing that, even if you're not necessarily dancing, but maybe moving is, is really, really important because it really, it's for the health of the body. So a lot of times when, when talking to folks or even out, talk to my, my father or my uncles and I say, okay, let's move. 
because of the health of your body. Your body needs to be in motion, yeah, so that, you know, your muscles, and then I go into this very long conversation about the systems of the body and why it's necessary for them to continue to move so that those systems continue to move and work. And so I think when a, when when talking about these different things with different communities of people, it just depends on knowing them and where you can reach them so that so that it makes sense. The dance there still makes sense for whatever community that we're engaging with. I hope that and I hope that makes sense. Can I ask one question? I know we, we probably should go on, but <laughs> I have a question for you, um, Tamara. I don't know if this is putting you on the spot, but I, when you were just talking about the challenge that you had um, with your, you know, with dancing for justice. I was just, I just had this um, idea and I, I wonder if you would be interested in it. Um, if, what if there was a, a space as well where it's more um, not out, but in um, to kind of move, have a moving practice that is just lament or grief or joy or whatever that's really healing and whether that's shared, you know, digitally or like through film or just as like, you know, a healing practice, I would come. So if you were thinking about doing that in North Carolina, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Amara T. Smith, who is also Urban Bushwoman, she does this practice called whaling, the whaling body. And she she says that African-Americans in the United States actually used to have a practice of when someone passed away or when there was some kind of a grievance, like grief happening, the women of the community would come together and they would wail. Or there would be specific women that would come and they would just wail and wail for the community. And she has a practice of that out, I mean, she's in California, but um, I, I was actually talking to her recently and telling her that this idea of wailing is so connected to the work we're doing in Ring Shout and other things. Um, and I would really love to maybe start something with that. So yes, <laughs> we could definitely um, get together and see how we can maybe incorporate that into something new here. Thank you for, for um, Alex and Tamara for sharing your experience and your knowledge with us. Thanks to those who came today and contributed. Um, you know, that, that contribution is so important to how this conversation goes as well, both in this particular moment and as we continue on in our, in our lives. Just thank you for, you know, having this. This was wonderful. And yes, we could talk the rest of the day, <laughs> but I'm really excited about, um, you know, the, what came up and um, really grateful to be a part of it. So thank you. Yes, yes. So thank you again for having me and Alex in this amazing dialogue. And thank you to everyone for dropping in and your your amazing suggestions and, and reflections and questions. Um, and hopefully this is a, a starting point for some new great new experiences. 
This community conversation with Alexandra Joy Warren and Tamara Williams was such an inspiration and a great way to close out our virtual community conversation programs for this season. We'll link to Alexandra and Tamara's websites and social media handles in the show notes if you'd like to connect to them or hear more about their work. You can find Alexandra at Joy Movement, J-O-Y-E-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T, and at joymovement.com. And Tamara is at Moving Spirits, Inc., I-N-C, or movingspirits.org. To keep up with Dance Project and upcoming festival events, please visit our website at danceproject.org. We're in the process of planning the culmination of our 30th anniversary season in the fall of 2021, so stay tuned for more information coming soon. From the website, you can join our mailing list and follow Dance Project on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Dance Project Inc. and on Facebook at NC Dance Festival. Thanks for listening. The NC Dance Festival 30th Anniversary is supported by the National Endowment for the Arts, the North Carolina Arts Council, Lincoln Financial Foundation, Ecolab Foundation, and Stearns Financial Group. We need the support of individual donors and business sponsors as well to make possible the innovative work that North Carolina dancers are creating, bring students meaningful experiences with the arts, and strengthen the community through dance. To make a gift to the festival fund, please visit danceproject.org ncdf2020. Thanks for your support.